Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Inzer and Ginger podcast, hosted by myself. I am the Ginger, and joining me is the Inzer. What's up, guys? Uh, we're a sports podcast. Talk about predominantly betting, uh, and give you the updates and the recaps. So to start off this week's episode, we are going to go into uh, our recap of last week's bets. Uh, I'm going to keep it to my NFL bets this week, even though I was pretty successful outside the NFL. Uh, we're going to try and keep it a little bit more focused on that this this week. So I was four and three on my bets for NFL week two. Uh, I hit on Alvin Kamara anytime touchdown score. I had a parlay of Falcons plus four and a half and over 53. I hit on Seahawks minus four, Bengals plus six and a half. Thank you, Joe Burrow, for that backdoor cover. I missed on Bills minus six versus the Dolphins. Me and the rest of the betting community also missed on um, Kansas City minus eight and a half versus the Chargers. And I also missed on New Orleans minus five and a half and over 45 and a half. I actually bought down. I bought a couple of points on that over line. How'd you do? Uh, so I, I'm not restricting myself to the NFL because I was all over the place this week. Anyway, so for my hits, uh, Arizona Di- Diamondbacks versus Los Angeles on the money line. I think that game would happen Thursday night, if I'm not mistaking. Um, then I also took... Pitt football, the university, not the Steelers, versus Syracuse, under 48 and a half. Um, and then another hit I had was England versus Seattle over 44 and a half. Uh, my mistakes start with, you know, last podcast you said you shouldn't bet on the Brewers and you really need to find that setting to make you stop. Well, this week, it's the fucking Pirates again for me. I also need to find that setting to make me stop betting on the fucking Pirates to lose because they always seem to win. Um, anyway, uh, I also miss Saints versus Raiders under 44 and a half. Uh, Giants versus Bears over 42. Missed on that. And then I missed on the Toronto Blue Jays versus the Philadelphia Phillies for over eight and a half. So what was your overall record then? Out of those? Yeah, out of those. Well, that was four hits out of... and Wait, no, that's three hits, four misses that I read off. Uh, I also had... Uh, obviously, last week, one of my one of my picks was uh, Yankees the rest of the series. Um, I bet both games, but apparently I fat-fingered in the, in the FanDuel app, and hit for the third game on the Yankees Blue Jays series uh, for it to be both pitchers instead of just on the action, which I usually bet. And so the last game got voided out, but I hit on both of them essentially. Uh, But only one actual bet, so I can only count that one. Good enough. All right, and then, so we started doing this little competition between me and Chance. Uh, If you could so we pick three bets each week, and out of those three bets, Chance is two for three, and I'm one for three. If you want a little bit more information on what those bets were, go check us out on Facebook and Twitter. They're posted there, or go listen to last week's podcast again. Um, so this week, Chance, who are your top? who's your first bet for the top three? 
My first bet for the pop top three is going to be Falcons minus three and a half versus the Bears. I think that line's absurd. Uh, I think it's been very much proven that the Falcons can score in bunches. And I think three and a half points is ridiculous. The Bears are not a good football team, and I don't think they can hang with the Falcons, at least offensively. I would agree on that. that that's a pretty decent bet. So my first one is Dallas versus Seattle over 55 and a half. I also had that one. That was my third one. Well, because I, I don't think either team can play defense to save their life. Big facts, and I, I and Prescott isn't going to crawl up in a little ball and not and take whatever Seattle throws at him. He's going to fight back when he's on the field when he can. He might wait wait to the fourth quarter to do it again, but he'll score some points. Let's be honest here, though. Three rushing touchdowns from your quarterback is not a sustainable offense. I don't know who you're talking about here. Cowboys. Both, I'm pretty sure um, what's face in Seattle had two. Nope. He did not. I actually well, have that in my recap coming up. Uh, well, he al- he's also a very heavy running quarterback. so Not near as much as he used to be. He stays That's in the true. pocket a lot more than he did when he first came into the league. But I think he's kind of wisened up. He still uses his legs when he needs to to create space, create time. But I don't think he tried. He's definitely not a run-first quarterback. He is a pop. All right, we'll save, we'll save this for the NFL recap. Okay. All right. So what's your second one? My second one is Raiders plus six and a half versus the Pats. Ooh. I, I think the Raiders look good. Uh, I'm buying the hype. I, I think – I think they can keep it close, if not even win this game. I, I'm half tempted to take it money line, but I'm going to stick with Raiders plus six and a half versus the Patriots. That's it's a daring move. It's a very daring move. I mean, the Raiders are surprisingly better than I thought they would be, but that's that's a uh, daring move, risky. Well, you got to risk uh, so, the biscuit. So my second one is. Kansas City versus Baltimore, taking the spread plus three and a half on Kansas City. I, I know Baltimore is a good team, but I think uh, Kansas City is going to pull that one out for a win, if, or if they're going to keep it close enough to hit that plus three and a half spread. See, is that that must be a West Virginia line because I'm only getting three points in PA. Oh, it is three. I, I put a half in there for no reason, but um, but yeah, it's it's plus three. You were correct. All right. My third pick is going to be the Washington football team plus <laughs> seven against the Browns. I, I think the front seven of of Washington can help contain that that hard rushing attack Cleveland has, and I don't think Cleveland really has anything for them on the on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, they just gave up thirty points to the Bengals for God's sake. Baker Mayfield was was well and truly outdueled by Joe Burrow with a and Joe Burrow has a limited offensive line and limited weapons yeah that's definitely gonna be an interesting game so let's hear your third pick what do you got so for my third pick I have the Indianapolis Colts minus 10 and a half over the New York Jets now this is a very daring bet that is a negative 10 and a half spread that is a that is a lot of points that is a lot of points but the Colts are looking good and the Jets are not looking good at all. Man, I I might like that if I was closer to – I might buy the point on that. Um, so I was, this, I might, this might impact your thinking. It's at Indianapolis. So 
the Green Monster would not claim any more lives in New Jersey. Oh man, that <laughs> I've never seen anything like that game. <laughs> so many injuries. Oh. But all right, so I guess uh, see who's whose daring pick pays off next week. Yes, we both we both have one this week. Where last week I just had I just had one, but. Uh, do you do you have any extras that you just want to throw out there just for you know shits and giggles? No, because the other one I had written down, you took. So, <laughs> all right. Well, I have one more. I like the Niners minus four and a half versus the Giants. The Giants scored thirteen points against the Bears, and the Bears are not a good football team. So I and even even an injury riddled Niners team, I think, can can gap the Giants by five. I also have the over because Mostert is still is is looking okay to play next week from what I'm aware. I could be wrong. If so, you know, fuck me. Uh, and that obviously changes the outlook. But Mostert's broken two huge plays, broken a huge play in each of the first two weeks. So, and that is that to me is enough to feel all right about that. Obviously, I'll look at that a little bit closer too. So moving on. We are going to recap this previous week of the NFL, and this week we're going to do a bit better of a job at it. Um, throughout this week, I had a bit of a thought uh, for a bit of a segment for the for the recap. I I text John and I said, "How do you feel about NFL recap one-liners?" And so we're going to give it a whirl, see how it works, see how you guys like it. Let us know. Uh, our Facebook messages are open. We see them. Uh, we've yet to receive any. Love to hear from you. Hear what you guys think. But uh, just talk trash on us. That's fine too. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll accept trash talk, and you know, if it's if it's bad enough, I might give it back. Who knows? Big facts, or you might get a shout on the podcast if you if you're real good. Oh, if it's a good burn, I'll I'll shout you out. Be a beauty, but it it better be real good. (laughs) So for the first game of the NFL recap, we're doing the Philadelphia Eagles versus the LA Rams, and for this one line, we got. Wentz, you are the weakest link. He has been struggling in the offensive zone. Uh, barely completing half his passes for the year. I think he's at 56% uh, average between the two games. And he also is averaging two interceptions each game. He has been struggling. The running game since uh, Sanders came back has been looking strong. And the defense is doing their job. So Wentz, you really need to work on your stuff, man. Like this hurts me as an Eagles fan because I I love Carson Wentz and I think when he when he's right and he's at his best, he's one of the best quarterbacks in football. Which that's a homer comment. Oh come on, he was in the MVP (laughs) race before he tore his ACL the one year, and it was in Week 14. Yeah, and who who won you that Super Bowl? Oh, that'd be Big Dick Nick. (laughs) Exactly, forever live on in in Philadelphia's Hall of Fame. But I I think that um. A lot of it comes down to uh, all the injuries the Eagles have this year on the offensive line. They brought back Jason Peters, who was originally going to play uh, guard. He had to slide out to left tackle when Andre Dillard sustained a uh, season-ending injury. And he was only coming back to play guard because Brandon Brooks was also down for the year. I know week one, uh, Lane Johnson was out. I believe he was back for week two, however. I, but I do know we had Sumalo, who's one of our, our more flexible linemen, go down this game as well. 
our, our offensive line, which generally is the strength of the team right now, is definitely a liability, and they're going to have to figure out how to make that work. It's a little bit long-winded, but coming after my boys. Very long-winded. Uh, anyway. I have, for the Pitt versus Denver game, which ended 26-21, Stillers almost shit the bed in a gimme game against a backup quarterback. Connor struggled early. Uh, negative fantasy points through a quarter, I believe. They survived a late comeback attempt against a backup quarterback, Jeff Driscoll. I don't even know where he came from. Didn't know he existed before this game. <laughs> um, and it was, you know, two. They were running the four-minute offense, driving down the field on you guys, and your defense bailed your ass out. What, what do you have to say about that one, Yinzer? Yeah, so coming after, you know, good old home team. So, yes, going up against a backup defense, but where Pitt really is struggling right now is on the offense. They cannot generate anything. You can see that very clearly. That they barely put up a touchdown um, per quarter in that game. And what really roots the problem is the when the offense is struggling the defense is like you're not helping us so why are we helping you i mean the defense still won it out as you said the defense is definitely the stronghold of this 2020 pittsburgh steelers team until ben gets a little bit more comfortable playing football again and it's probably gonna end up being that way the first week he looked real skittish this week he looked a little bit better and he really just needs to get people involved on the that um on that op with his wide receivers. I mean, he's been great at hitting Ebron uh, this year, but he needs to bring in his wide receivers, get Juju out there, a little bit more Washington. I know he was having some tough matchups out there, besides with Deontay, with that rookie corner from Denver. But All right, so <laughs> long-winded rebuttal for, for your homer team. Hey, oh. I, I had to, man. I had to. <laughs> All we right. promised the rest of them would not be that long-winded. We just had to defend our home teams while we can. I th- this like the Eagles are my hill, and it's where I will die. Yeah, a very lonely hill. Oh uh, no! Anyway, no, 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 no. Misery loves company. There's tons of Eagles fans out there. I, I, I was more thinking of like winners up there with you, but yeah. All right. So, what do you have for Dallas versus Atlanta? So, Dallas versus Atlanta, we have Team Butterfingers. Pulls out a win in the last minute. Dallas fumbled it all three times in the first half, with two of those being in the first quarter. It was a rough game for Dallas in the first half, and the third quarter didn't look great for them either. But, you know, in the last minute, Dak Prescott got his team nine points. And a real shout out to Dallas's kicker, who shall not be named because I forget it. Uh, Greg Zerline. Greg, Greg Zerline. Yep. He. Does this onside kick? Does it little off the side of his foot? This ball is trickling, like definitely gonna make it ten yards, but it's just barely gonna get there. And Atlanta lets the ball roll right past them. Like three guys just stared at it, waited for it to hit ten yards, and by that time, Dallas is already on top of it, and they couldn't help it. So Atlanta really lost the game for themselves there. And shout out that kicker for having that nice onside kick. And we were actually on the phone during the final minute of this game, weren't we? Or was it? We were uh, on the final minute for a couple games. Yeah, and 
um, you're, you're talking like, oh, Dallas is driving, Dallas is driving. I'm like, I don't care. I got four and a half points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, four and a half points. I mean, I hate to see the Cowboys win, but hey, that was my big bet of the week. That was uh, one unit to pay out almost four. Nice. Love that. So next up, I have San Francisco versus the Jets, who is somehow the worst of the two New York football teams. They're both god-awful, but the Jets are worse, I feel like. Uh, Turf Monster claims four. Niners handle the Jets, and the football gods show no mercy. Raheem Mostert remains explosive, breaks another, you know, 60-plus yard play first quarter. The Niners are ravaged by injuries and still manage to handle business in a game that ends up being 31-13. And the Jets just didn't look like they had anything for them the whole game. It just was just ugly. Yeah, the Jets definitely were struggling that entire game, offensive and defensively. And the defensive side, like, come on, man, you're going against a backup quarterback that – who the heck even know what what who is the backup quarterback? Uh, Nick you know? Mullins. I've never heard of this guy. Yeah, I was say, I'm pretty sure it was a no name because I could not remember his name. So, uh, I mean, he might be a newbie into the league, uh, but still, you gotta look better than that, Jets. Good lord, Frank Gore had 21 carries in this game. <laughs> How All is right. he, like the, the, Father Time himself still out there getting it done? Hey, man, we'll get to the true father time here in a little bit. But anyway, (laughs) next up we got the L.A. Chargers versus Kansas City Chiefs, leaving it all for the fifth. If you follow football, as you know, this was our overtime matchup of the week. Uh, Mayhomes didn't decide to play football into the fourth quarter. Kansas City only put up nine points before that and then puts up another 11 to send the game to overtime in the fourth quarter. So you put up nine points over three and – which were um, all kicks, I believe, until the fourth uh, quarter where it... Yeah, that math checks out. Nine points would equal three field goals. When I, there's actually one touchdown they missed. A, uh... So they had one touchdown in the second, a field goal in the third, and then um, in the fourth quarter they put up 11 points to put, send it overtime. For this game, Justin Herbert was the backup quarterback for the LA Chargers. He's an Oregon product. He was looking great. Uh, I think he might be the uh, life of the Chargers going out. I know their starting quarterback is going to be out at least another week or two. So hopefully next week he performs just well. But he looked comfortable in that pocket, and he looked like he belongs there. Yeah, he definitely looked strong. Um, And, you know, they they had Tyrod Taylor there on a short-term deal trying to get Herbert, you know, seasoned and developed a little bit before they started him. But, you know, week two, uh, tough luck. Here you go, kid. Yeah. Go out there, give him hell. And he did. And he did. So, uh, do you have anything else on that one? Sorry. Nope, I'm good. All right, so next up, I've got the team that shall not be named from Washington versus (laughs) Arizona. Uh, The football team returns to earth. Murray's solid as cards crush the team formerly known as the Skins. You see, DeAndre Hopkins here have another eight-reception game. Uh, Double-digit targets as well, I believe. Oh, I'm sorry, nine targets. Uh, Eight receptions on nine targets. And Larry Fitz close behind him with seven catches on seven targets. Still getting it done out there. 
like another one, just like Frank Gore. How is he still getting it done? It's a league of old timers from here on out, man. I guess. I mean, it's it's gonna be weird in a few years when you're not seeing guys like Frank Gore and Larry Fitz, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, all these you know names for the last two decades just gone. And that you know they're not gonna be leaving too many years apart. Let's be honest. Well, they well you got like. The class of Drew Brees. Oh, I don't think they all broke in the season the same year, but like right around each other was Drew Brees, Big Ben, uh, Philip Rivers, um, I think Tom Eli, Brady. Eli was in was in with the draft. Yeah, but Eli's already gone. Right, so. right, right. I was just throwing that out there. Like one of them's yeah. already gone. Correct. Eli's already, but Eli was right around there too. But like those four quarterbacks that remain are pretty much franchise quarterbacks still to, for the teams. I mean, Philip Rivers just switched uh, from his franchise, but like, I think he makes a name for himself in Indianapolis, as, just as he did in uh, L.A. I guess it was San, San Diego there for a little bit, but for most of his years. But so I, I think he uh, th- those four quarterbacks when they're gone, it's gonna be a whole new league. You're gonna see people like uh, Herbert out there just slinging balls. Yeah, yeah, I think you're gonna see the new new age, new wave of quarterbacks. Uh... I think I feel like the quarterback position probably takes a downturn, um, but you know you've got guys like Mayholmes and Jackson who are really the new age of quarterback, a lot more athletic than those guys were in their even in their uh, prime. That's about all I have for that one. All right, so next up we have Houston versus Baltimore, and this is defense and special teams. Where's the offense? So in this game, we only had four touchdowns broken up between each team uh, on the offensive side. And wait, yeah, four touchdowns total. And one of those touchdowns was from a fumble recovery by Baltimore to score a touchdown. So there were only three touchdowns throughout the game, and special teams scored the rest of it. And this game was 33-16. So 18 points for... Baltimore on such special teams and defense alone, which is just crazy. Yeah, and you see a lot of teams uh, almost ignore that phase of the game, and it can be such a game changer. In a game like this where, you know, Jackson really didn't have a whole lot going for him, you know, defense and special teams gets it done. Yeah. I mean, you can tell from the, like, eight field goals that were kicked. Okay, it was only seven, but still. That's a lot of field goals for a game. <laughs> like, like, you know, numbers aside, it's still a lot. Yeah, yeah. It was definitely a winner by a kicker. So next up, we've got my favorite recap of the week. I'm so excited to do this. It's New England versus Seattle. <laughs> Russell gets Why it is done. Why your favorite recap? Oh, because I, I get to talk about how you were wrong. Anyway, continue. Uh, I have uh, Russell gets it done as Cam comes up short late. Russell Wilson threw for five touchdowns in this game. Five touchdowns, one interception, compared to Cam, who put up 100 more yards than than uh, Russell did, but only threw for one touchdown, one INT. But how many did Cam run in? Uh, two. And two? that's – you don't really like to see that out of your quarterback. But Cam Newton has always, always been a running quarterback. <laughs> And where did that get him? You know, a few years of, of disappointing football in the middle of his career, right in his prime? Come on. Hey, I'm just saying, it's 
he he does he didn't change from how he was when he was young, and he he's not gonna have a lot of years left in the league because of that. He's gonna run his body till it won't yeah. run anymore. Quite like, literally, he can he can throw a few balls a game, but he just doesn't have the arm talent to stick in this league once his legs you know fail him. I'm uh, not disagreeing with you, man. Like, uh, but that's Stafford. Cam Newton's ball. That's how he plays football, which it sucks for New England right now because they're going to need another quarterback. I hope they're training someone behind him right now. No, they'll pick up some guy out of, uh, who's bagging groceries right now and turn him into an all-pro. Ah, sounds about right. <clears throat> yep. End up marrying a supermodel. All right. Uh, that's all I got on that one. All right, so... Next up, we have Minnesota versus Indianapolis. The Vikings take 40-minute break mid-football game. So Minnesota came out, got the first score uh, about five, five and a half minutes in, looking pretty decent. And then they don't score another uh, point until 10 minutes into the fourth quarter for the last score of the game. So for 40 minutes between those two scores, Vikings were nowhere to be found on offense and uh, Phil Rivers was taken to town on the other side of the ball. Yeah, you've got to wonder how long Minnesota's going to put up with Kirk Cousins just not getting it done, you know? Yeah, definitely not the uh, – I mean, he looked good for a couple years. There's, every once in a while he stretches out, has a big boom week, but overall he, he should not be your franchise quarterback. Absolutely not. I, I think he's uh, he's above average but he's not going to carry a franchise. You need a lot of pieces around him. And you, Which you can they also tell. don't develop. No, they don't. And you can definitely see, like, he's missing Stephon Diggs for sure. Because, you know, he's sure, st- sure, he still has Thielen, but Thielen's not enough. And Thielen's a fantastic receiver. So next up, I have what I dubbed early in the week, the shit bowl, which turned out to be a pretty exciting game. So I'll eat my <laughs> words here. Uh, Eat shit, if you will. Uh, (laughs) I have Burrow outduels Baker, but Bengals bungle the game away. Joe Burrow threw 61 passes this game. 61. It's a rookie record, and it's the most attempts I've heard of in a game in at least a couple of years. Baker threw just over a third as many passes. Um... Baker, uh, 16 for 23, two touchdowns, one interception. Burrow, 37 for 61, three touchdowns, no picks. But you see Cleveland's running game really carry this game. They had 200 yards between their first and between Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. 200 yards on the ground and three touchdowns, which is – that is just scary. <laughs> that their, their second running back – put up a respectable fantasy week. Very true. I mean, we, I, I think a lot of people going into this week thought like it was going to be a defensive, not I said a, a defensive battle on the defense being good, but like where the offense just can't get it done. So the defense, you know, just turns the ball over and the other team does the same. Can't get anything done on offense. And the defense turns the ball over again. She goes back and forth. I think that's what a lot of people are expecting out of this game. And that wasn't it at all. There was a lot of scoring throughout the whole game. Yeah, I don't think either team has a has a defense to put out there. It was a shoot-off for sure. Oh, 100%. All right. So next up, we have 
The Green Bay Packers versus Detroit Lions. Good old tagline for this week is the easiest predicted game of the year. I don't think if anyone came out here saying Detroit was going to beat the Green Bay Packers, I don't care who's on either side. The Packers would never let that happen. Uh, Rogers shows up this game. He does what he does. Uh, puts up some couple points, and the defense is holding them the rest of the way. Score ended up being 42-21. Uh, easily crushed the over. That got me a win for the bets, which is always what I love to hear. But, yeah, Green Bay easily comes out and does it. Yeah, you know, Aaron Rodgers, his stats may not be may not always be there, but the guy does one thing and he does it well, and that's win football games. Plain and simple. Very true. All right. So, oh, it's your turn. My bad. Yep. Next up, we have uh, Jacksonville versus Tennessee. Minshew Magic, not enough. Boring Tannehill remains solid for Tennessee win. Ryan Tannehill had a great afternoon. Four touchdowns on 240 yards passing, no interceptions, only took one sack. Gardner Minshew, a much more flashy quarterback, gets the headlines. People are talking about him, you know, Minshew Magic, Uncle Rico, this and that. Um, Through, you know, 20 more passes, had one less touchdown and two more interceptions. Took two sacks for 24 yards. And, you know, I hate to say it, but, Tannehill's getting it done. I, I remember looking at this deal in the offseason. He signed with Tennessee. I'm like, what in God's name are they doing? Like, this this man's an upper-level backup quarterback, but I didn't think that he was starting caliber at all. And he comes out, and he, again, he's making me eat my words. It's it's ridiculous, man. Hey, man, this might be the year of unsuspected quarterbacks. I think you're right. I mean, we already got two starters out for an extended period of time. So we'll see what happens. So next up, I have Buffalo versus Miami. The beard fails to get it done again. So this beard is referring to old man Fitzpatrick. Now, if you have never seen the Fitzpatrick beard, you need to go look this man up right now. He might be living under a rock. I'm not going to lie. Big facts. Beautiful beard. Anyway, so Miami gets it done on the ground, scores a couple TDs, uh, Fitzpatrick had one passing TD, but and he gets him in a field goal position a couple times, uh, a couple of nice passes, but just can't get to find the ball in the end zone, get it close enough to run it in consistently enough for uh, what they need to be doing. And Buffalo Bills are no slouch of the team, and they and the Miami Dolphins, the joke of the league like a couple years ago, held their own. Yeah, um, I was I was watching this game close being that I had Buffalo minus six, but, you know, uh, I, I think there was another game out of the time. I, I didn't have it on on the radio. Uh, I work Sundays, for those of you that don't know, um, so I can only listen to games for the most part. I can sometimes come home and catch the 8 o'clock, but it, it's pretty tough to keep up with all of it. Um, yeah, man, Ryan Fitzpatrick's still out there getting it done. It God only knows how old. He's, he's another one of those old quarterbacks that you're going to see go away here soon. All right, I don't have anything else for that game. Okay. So next up, I have the shittiest game of the week, the real shit bowl. New York Giants versus Chicago Bears. Snooze fest of the week is Bears beat Giants. And I I had little to no analysis of this game. Um, 
was it a defensive battle or offensive ineptitude? And I'm leaning on the latter myself. What do you think? Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you on that one. There is no offense to be found on either teams. It's just not looking good. Yeah, there's just really not a lot to talk about in this game. It was, it was a snooze fest. Um, I mean, I guess the only thing of note, really, Barkley went down. I'm sure that that hurts a lot of people's fantasy fantasy entire years, honestly, because he was a consensus number two overall. Yeah. I mean, Chicago got up for, first and just kind of never lost a lead, and New York Giants kind of trailed behind. Yeah, that's pretty much what it comes down to. Yeah, there's really nothing else to say about that game. <laughs> I think that was like my uh, that was my Mr. Irrelevant pick when we were drafting the the teams to pick or the games to pick. Yeah, the game I have next last on my list is New Orleans Saints versus Las Vegas Raiders. Bree shows age in a game that should have been an easy win. The Raiders are just moved to Las Vegas, where no name when they're out in L.A. Only winning a couple games a year. And Breeze does register 350 yards, but only has one TD. And his passing average is less than eight and a half of that game. Kamara took a lot of the uh, took a lot of the weight on that game, carried a lot of balls, got I think the rest of their touchdowns, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he really put the back on the team without Michael Thomas there. I don't know what Drew Brees knows what to do with himself. He's like uh, Tom Brady without Edwin. Yeah. Um, Michael Thomas, I believe is about two receivers worth of production for the saints. And uh, I have, I just pulled the box score here. I have Kamara at 13 carries, 79 yards and two touchdowns, which is scary amounts of production rushing wise. He had another, a further, Nine receptions, 95 yards, no touchdowns receiving. Um, you know, everyone expected uh, Emmanuel Sanders to to really pick up the slack in the passing game. He I really know I didn't was. He's on my fantasy team. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I, I, hate, I hate to see it. Uh, one reception for 18 yards, no touchdowns. Yep. Um, they And I, I think you see a good yards number out of, out of Drew Brees, but, you know, lack of touchdowns. There's no one to stretch the field on that team. Emmanuel nope. Sanders – doesn't doesn't really stretch the field well and if he does you know you're just going to see him getting doubled every time with you know man coverage of the safety over top but let's finish this off for the nfl week last recap of the week we have carolina versus tampa bay and a game that ended 31 17 tampa bay my one-liner is brady's boring but best bridgewater and the mccaffrey list panthers um tom brady's incredibly pedestrian this game 217 yards, one touchdown, one pick. I mean, that's that's stuff you you expect to see out of Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, Fournette, however, this game was fantastic. 12 carries for 103 yards, averaged 8.6 a touch, two touchdowns, and broke one for 46 yards. The Panthers, however, in my opinion, are in huge trouble. Their season is hanging in the balance. Someone has to step up for them with McCaffrey going down. Because he's down four to six weeks with that high ankle sprain, and those and those have been known to t- to ha- hang around and linger a little bit longer than the uh, projected time. Yeah, without McCaffrey there, the uh, Panthers don't really have any other production, big production on that team on the offensive side of that ball. 
I really don't have anything else to say about that game. It's just, Brady is d- definitely not in his home of New England, and I I don't know if he was just carried by all the tools he had around him, or if he just needs a uh, Belichick in his back pocket winning in the games. Or maybe all the uh, quote unquote haters from his entire career were right, and he is just a system QB. Who knows? <laughs> Tune in next week to see Tom Brady suck it up again. Big facts. But speaking of high, you brought up high ankle sprains, Michael Thomas, also a high ankle sprain, is actually projected to be back, if not this week, uh, next week. He was doing practice last week, but was uh, was kept out just to be safe. That's interesting. I, I figured he was a lot further away than that. No, he he gets checked out for to get – on Friday to see if he can play against Green Bay. I think you'll see him in that game, personally. Yeah. It's a big one for the Saints. Oh, definitely. All right, right. so we're going to move on to our next topic, the NHL update. So currently the series is um, tied 1-1. Do you have any comments about the Dallas versus Lightning I think game one, Dallas looked fantastic. I think that, uh, I think like we said, Dallas is the team with the higher ceiling, but the Lightning are going to be more consistent. So ironically, uh, for for Dallas to be able to capture a title this season, they're going to have to catch Lightning in a bottle, you know? (laughs) That's a good one, man. But yeah, so Dallas, like we said, they, if they win this, uh, series, it's going to be out of just having a high octane experience and beating out Tampa Bay um, by those high margins and having the best night of their uh, of their life every night. Uh, that's what it's going to take for them to beat that solid team of Tampa Bay, who has had a lot more playoff experience, in my opinion, than Dallas, and um, really knows how, what it takes to win a playoff game. I mean, the Stanley Cup's a whole different story, but it's coming down to the wire. Um, next week, we will find out who might even find out who won before a podcast comes out. Also, this Our, week in the NHL, uh, were the season uh, trophy winners this uh, this year. We have Dreisaitl won the heart, which I think everyone saw coming. He, he really got it done all year. Uh, Yossi brings home the James Norris, the best defenseman in the league. Uh, and Hellebuck brings brings home the Vesna for the best goaltender. All right. I don't have anything else for the NHL. I don't either. All right. So we're going to talk a little about the NBA by request from a friend. Um, I have not watched a single game of this series at all. Uh, I haven't either. Uh, at time of recording... <laughs> Uh, the Nuggets are up 65-58, 10 to go in the third. 65-59, just updated. Ah, okay. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, so Lakers versus Nuggets um, in the conference finals. Lakers lead, are leading that series 2 to nothing. and as much as I like the exciting brand of basketball that uh, the Nuggets bring – I, I don't think they they really have anything for the playoff experience the Lakers bring. The Lakers are a very veteran team. 
And you, you don't even just see that in basketball. You see that across all sports. You see, you know, veteran players get it done in the playoffs. They, they find that extra gear. And I don't think that the Nuggets quite have that um, that experience, that extra gear just yet to really to get into. Um, that They just haven't been there enough. And, you know, I mean, same guy that requested the update also said, you know, don't sleep on his Nuggets. But, man, a 2-0 series lead. I, I hope they pick it up. I, I might, uh, you know, after recording, I might close. I might uh, open up FanDuel, bet this live, see if uh, see if the Nuggets can keep it up. Hey, or you might eat your words and they'll pull it out. Um, fun fact: uh, FanDuel put out a boosted bet before the finals, conference finals, and I bet for this game, this series to go seven games. No idea if it's actually going to happen or not, but it was like plus five hundred. Uh, betting odds, so I threw a couple units down on that to see what would happen. And then the other uh, side, we have the Celtics versus Heat. Currently, it's at 2-1 uh, in favor of Miami. You got anything to say about that one, Chance? Yeah, uh, I think that um, this, I think the Celtics can pull this one out. It really just comes down to, uh, can they contain Jimmy Butler? He's a lot of, he's honestly the heart and soul of that Heat team. Uh, he does a really good job of making those around him better, and I, there's you know legends told of him in the in the practice gym just demanding the best out of his teammates. And I obviously that's showing in the on court results right now that the Heat are that his Heat teammates are really buying into that that he, that they want to give him and the team and their fans the best that they can. So, but. Personally, seven-game series, I want to take the Celtics. I think they're a little bit more of a complete team. Um, outside the center position, I think the, the Heat have a little bit better um, play out of the five spot. But beyond that, I don't really have a lot. Do you have anything for it? Uh, not really. I didn't fall basketball at all. I um, haven't watched a single game the whole COVID season. I might watch blips at a couple. But, yeah, I'm kind of shooting the dark here. But – Celtics um, have proven in history that they can be a winning team, and the Heat without LeBron definitely tailed off a little bit. Uh, I mean, they're still a good team, obviously. They made a conference, and LeBron hasn't been there in almost half a decade now, <laughs> but uh, if not over half a decade. Um, anyway, but yeah, so I think the Celtics pulled out just as you said. Yeah, I, I think they're just built for the seven-game series, and I think they're going to grind it out, and I think they play a tougher brand of basketball. It's just tougher to play against than in a seven-game format. Or I say format. Seven-game series, it's just they get harder and harder to play against as, as it uh, drags on like like a good boxer, you know? Yeah, it's not just so much can you beat the team, it's can you beat the team uh, four times after they already know how you play, after they adjust to your offensive strategies and know how to counter your defense and they're learning every game more than just watching film. They experience it uh, four or five times in that week, if not seven in that two week period. All right. I I think that's about all we have for this episode. All right. Please. So just please give us a like on Instagram or a follow on Instagram and Twitter and give us a like on Facebook. We really need your support on our social medias. And also you can follow us on Spotify next week. Hopefully we have some upcoming news of some other ways to find our podcast. We're looking to get on Apple music or Apple podcast, whatever it's called. 
and Android podcast. So hopefully next week we can you can enjoy our sounds on the Apple market and the Android market. All right. Thank you all for listening. This is the Yinzer and the Ginger signing off. Have a good night. Night, Yens. <laughs>